1: This is Everything Elite presented by My Bookie, the world's best podcast devoted exclusively to all elite wrestling and the elite extended universe, and the best podcast presented by my Bookie, for that matter. Uh, I may be Aaron Bentley. You know me if you listen to the show. I'm assuming you do. I'm joined, as always, by two wonderful co-hosts. I'm gonna introduce one of them first, and it's I was going to say the Miami Man himself, but I guess that really doesn't that really
0: doesn't help. But the Miami Man himself, it's Mike Spears. What's up, Mike? Hey, y'all! It's your old pal, Iron Mike Spears. I, I'm doing all right. We are recording this before the first Miami game of the season. It is your zero and zero Miami Hurricanes going against the one and zero University of Alabama, Birmingham. You know, big, big game. You know, big. You, you know, college football. That's that's all that's on everyone's mind right now. Of course, is college football and and you know, big games coming up. Like Nothing else is going on in the world. No, nothing else in the United States is happening right now. But you know what? I'm doing good. I am wearing my green track suit today, not only for the Miami football game, but also for one of the big debuts we'll be talking about tonight. So I'm pretty amped and ready to go. How are you doing, AB? I'm
1: good. Gucci equals green. So I'm excited to talk about that. Uh, also joined by another Miami man. What's up with that? It's Nate, aka Epitasis. What's up, Nate?
2: What's up, Aaron? I'm Gucci, you know, uh, just keeping it real over here. Uh, I got nothing going on. Uh, no Miami gear on from me. I'm wearing a black undershirt. Um, got some nice, uh, uh, what are these called? Are they, my socks by uh, Deno Foxes or something like that. Pretty nice socks. Uh, are how about you, Aaron? Socks
0: guy? Uh, I like I
2: like some color on my socks. Yeah. Okay. That's you know, but it's it's not anything nicer than like the Target brand. But Aaron, what are you rocking today? What's your fit of the day?
1: Uh, I am rocking the official uh, Dove's Defund and Disarm the Police T-shirt. Shout out to Dove's. I'm rocking. Uh, you know, it's it's after business hours, so I got the uh, uh, sweat shorts on. Mm. You know, shorts made of sweat pant material. Uh, that's it. I got the uh, the iWatch. Is that what it's called?
2: I think so, yeah.
1: I got no, that. It's, it's called the Apple, Apple watch. watch. Apple, Apple watch. watch. I got yeah. that. Uh, no socks, no shoes. I'm, I'm showing feet at this very moment.
2: So Let's get them up here on the cam, buddy. <laughs> Come on. What are we doing?
0: <laughs> so that's really 20, it. $20 Patreon tier C Aaron's feet. <laughs> Uh, yeah, absolutely.
1: Be happy to. I'll post feed all day. Although I did. I don't know if people I don't know if feet people are into or against this, but I've had some real toe issues this week. I stubbed one toe and or actually what I think I did was I like scraped it and it uh it tore part of the nail. And then mm. I don't know what I did to the other toe, but I was walking. I like felt it happen. But then I it like turned a funny color. <laughs> and hurt really bad for about exactly one day. And then mm. uh, it went back to not hurting, but it's still funny colored. So do you think feet people would like this or dislike
2: this? I'm, uh, I'm, you know, I, I don't want to speak for feet people because I'm not personally a, feet, a foot person. Sure. But just based on, I suppose, uh, the sort of logical conclusions you would make, I would expect they would not be into... Weird and misshapen and miscolored uh, toes on their their feet of choice.
0: Counterpoint: the people who would be into it would be really into it.
2: Yeah, so
1: we we mm. can make an even higher tier for that. Maybe uh, who
0: was the the woman who like recently posted
1: the like really? Oh, Joyce Carol Oates, who posted like the really <laughs> fucked up feet. Yes, <laughs> yes.
2: Just the, just... <laughs> some people, hey, just post less. That's that's all. <laughs> yeah, you don't just have some... to share everything.
1: <laughs> just didn't have to be posted.
2: Uh, all right. If you
1: want to see our feet pics.
2: Oh, uh, is that okay? That's all we had on.
0: I thought we were going to go
2: another five minutes on feet, maybe. But I, okay. I, I mean, it's fine. I don't need to. I don't need
0: to. I, I, I mean, I uh, we could get into if we want to do what tier we want to do this on for just Aaron's feet. It's not going to be Nate or my feet. It's just going to be your feet. We decided, you know. And of course,
2: I'll, I'll do the socked feet. The the socked, socked feet. feet your your neat ones. I brand colorful socks.
0: I mean, I can show off my really good Miami slides I have on. Wow. So <laughs>
1: my man is Miami to out.
2: He's decked out. Head the, to toe. You know, there's All like Miami, this, everything. I, I actually don't have <laughs> very do much win.
0: I mean, five rings, no problems. But uh, I, there's like a Miami uh, streetwear uh company that's run by a former player that I got a blind box. I got this hat and I got these slides in, you know. And then I got three Miami Hurricanes masks. It was a good time.
1: A friend of the show, Patrick Cosmos, has turned me on to the slides with fanny packs on them. Mm -hmm, Okay, saw that. Okay, yeah, I'm like really into it. I want to get a pair. Um, What
0: would you put in the fanny pack pocket?
2: Uh, Here's no. Here's it's not a fanny pack if it's on your feet. It's a footy pack.
0: Footy pack. Fanny.
2: Fanny. You know, has the clear denotation of where it is it's not a foot it's on the fanny
0: well well, a fanny is different in the united states lingo than it is in the uk too
2: yeah but it's still in the same geographic region of your body
1: general geographic region yes what what, what's a you what's a a british fanny it's
2: the reverse it's the reverse of the american fanny
1: yeah i was afraid it was a kid thing since it's British. no
0: no 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 okay uh
1: i i guess i wear my my fanny pack in the british way then um, I'm more of a front guy.
0: Yeah. But uh, regardless, the,
2: you know, you wear it all the way around. It's not, not true. So it it works either way. The point is it's not at the very base of your body, which is the foot.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think the key to the, the footy packs, uh, is going to be like, you're going to the beach. You just want to drop your keys in there. You know, you just need something minimal. You don't want to carry your full fanny pack. Uh, you don't need all that. I would imagine it's also, you know, like the original uh, use of fanny packs. I would imagine that it's like a good place for probably carrying drugs if you wanted to. Um, can't speak to that, but I would imagine it would be.
0: I, I think that's fair to say. I mean, I wouldn't put ChapStick down there, but drugs or keys, yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm I'm just glad we're still talking feet uh, because...
2: I yeah no, i think this fun. is this has been the the quantity of feet talk i was looking forward to so. okay I, I i saw we
0: i i saw the look on nate's face when we were about to cut away and i was like no i can't let nate down like this we, we got to go another three minutes
1: <laughs> all right well if you want to see some teaser feet pics follow us on twitter at everything aew i'm at aaron like the car nate is at a mike is at fuji Heya. you can subscribe to the podcast please do Please give us a five star rating and review if you use the Apple Podcast app. And if you want to support the show, head over to Patreon.com/slash/EverythingElite. We just had the live all-out instant reaction with our friend Adam, aka Wickafay Springs Eternal. So go check that out if you haven't.
2: There's a uh, there's a would be scoop on there. Nobody's, That's right. I haven't seen it picked up anywhere like our previous Patreon scoop, but uh, fun little factoid to bear in mind for the future.
1: Yeah, it's actually. I mean, it is behind a paywall, so I don't want to push it up uh, too much. I don't want to. <laughs> Maybe you won't care, but it is a pretty cool little scoop. So, uh, yeah, if you're already inclined to listen, go check it out. Uh, it's on the five dollar tier. Uh, what That's are we going to sell? That's right. What are we going to do on this show? We're going to play Elite or Delete. We'll talk about Dynamite from last night. I'm sure we will talk about All Out, of course, in some ways. We'll talk about a big ratings night for AEW, and uh, I'm confident we'll talk about uh, what fucking day Dynamite's going to be on next week. (laughs) I'm sure that'll come up at some point, but before we get started, or no, this is us getting started, but before we do what we normally do, we're going to talk about the topic that's on everybody's lips, it's on everybody's mind, it is Miroslav Barnyashev, I think that's right. To be Miro is all elite. Now, yeah. We're just gonna get our takes off on, on <laughs> Miro. Uh I guess uh, I, I guess it's we usually start elite or delete with Nate. I'll just I'll go to you, Nate, but give me your overall thoughts on to be Miro showing up in AEW.
2: So pretty happy to see to be Miro here. Um if you didn't happen to catch the show, was introduced as Kip Sabian's best man for his upcoming nuptials with Penelope Ford, uh, which in fact we also predicted on the all out live reaction show. Uh, I was very fired up to see these Twitch streamers come together. Uh, Love the idea of the stream team as a duo. Uh, Very amused by that pairing and, you know, uh, Miro coming out here in general and being fired up to be in the good wrestling promotion and being paired with Kip Sabian all just entirely in my wheelhouse. Um, The segment was pretty goofy to begin with. Uh, They did some fake outs with uh, Puff first coming out and trying to uh, insinuate himself as the best man. Uh, And then the same played out with Brian Pillman Jr., Uh, all before Miro came down. uh, And you knew he was the correct best man because he had music and everything. Seems like maybe, you know, Kip Stabian could have just been like, hey, here's my best man. Uh, It's Miro plays music. And then that would have avoided a lot of. uh, run around there. Uh, I feel like, uh, I, I, I think my overall decision on the angle, the segment, the introduction, it was not goofy enough. Here's what I would have liked to see. I, I would have liked, uh, them to hammer home more that they both love Twitch. Um, you know, really Miro got on the mic and started cutting a, what has been called a TNA ass promo. Cause he was talking about, you know, being held down by vents and the glass ceiling and the brass ring. All stuff you've heard, you know, from uh, TNA runoff guys times before, and really <laughs> the idea that he has some sort of relationship to Kip and he's going to be the best man at his wedding was left totally unexplored. Uh, Miro <laughs> Miro had not a lot of interest in that aspect of uh, his introduction, uh, and I I wanted them to hammer that home. I wanted Miro to say Poggers on the mic. Um, I wanted them to I don't know say other weird. Twitch references. Uh, they need a sponsorship banner with NVIDIA and case fans on it. Um, and I also, even if they're both on Twitch, you know, it's not like I think they've interacted on Twitch before, right? So I, I needed some sort of backstory as to how they came together and how Miro came to be Kip's best, best man. Uh, and I decided I would have liked Kip to say that uh Miro is his long-lost Bulgarian cousin and then call him Cousin Miro throughout the entire segment. That's what I was looking for. Uh, But overall, super weird in a very entertaining way to me.
0: Yeah, like other than the TNA core promo line and talking about glass ceiling and brass rings, I was elated. I was just positively like cackling at this, that we got swagged out, drift, handsome to be Miro out there as like Twitch friends. Like there's a lot of, there's a lot in this vein to mine nate about the whole twitch thing we could talk about how they met playing warzone together you know or maybe they were playing fifa and then doing like this we're going to need their opinions on the fact that ninja is back on twitch and that's going to be cutting into their subs all like 400 of them combined uh also i feel like that that his theme instead of being like this really crazy theme should be like a lo-fi beats that you could stream without getting copyright infringed on twitch there's a lot of ways to go with this to make this really just more ridiculous than hey, I, I'm i I was someone that it seemed like Miro was all about being the Twitch superstar and that becoming like his main vein here. But the idea of uh, Miroslav, uh, I, I can't pronounce his name as Bar- well. As
2: Barneshev,
0: Barneshev, the idea of Miroslav Barneshev going into like the G1 and being like this absolute monster, I think that that is a lot of like Western fan projecting and like understanding like what kind of roles they usually have for people in new Japan. And like, yeah, I, he probably would be like the Suzuki gun, like hired hired assassin, team of Minoru Suzuki in a world tag league. Like that's probably what his reaction would be. Like, he's not going to be like a John Moxley or a Chris Jericho, even though apparently he has like a similar to a Moxley like contract. But I felt like this was an unqualified win. I think that we're going to enter a world where I I know Cara tweeted about this, that Kip Sabian's going to be managing just both uh, Miro and Penelope Ford. And I think that's the best use of all three of them. And, you know, like the only thing that would have been funnier is if he came out and like laid out Brian Pillman Jr. Like I've been down with him just like taking this geek and saying, yeah, you subscribe to him, but you don't subscribe to me. And then throwing him off the stage, just like lawn darting off the stage. Big win, great fit, just handsome man, handsome Miro's there. He's already a YouTube superstar. As I like tweeted earlier today, he's getting massive views that are exponentially higher than the views that other stuff on last night's show had. And I think that it's an unqualified success. And I'm excited to see where he goes. And I just don't think I hope is that he doesn't have to cut like glass ceiling, brass ring. I'm Miroslav Baryshev, and I'm here to stay promos. So I don't want any of that. I want them to be more goofy and more gamer like
2: yeah if if he's if he doesn't want to go hard on the gamer thing then he should go hard on the gucci thing you know stay away from the glass ceiling shit just hammer home you know how much my fucking clothes cost and not in like a chris jericho way and like a you know here's the receipts you know go look this you know chrome hearts jewelry up on the web store or whatever and see how much i'm spending on this shit because Uh, You know, all the every every wrestler in Japan is a bigger star than any wrestler in the U.S. because of how much money they spend on their wardrobe. That's just a fact. Um, You know, if if you're putting more thought into whether uh, clothes are cool beyond do young people like it and does it cost a lot of money, then you're spending too much thought on it because that's all it is.
1: Yeah, if you haven't done a run in in Louboutins, then I just like don't really want to fucking talk to you or talk about you. Uh, So yeah, I was pretty surprised at some of the reaction, but it's like, look, I was just excited to see Miro come out. I was like, okay, here's a guy who was not used very well in WWE. Uh, felt like he could have been a bigger star there. And now it's like, oh, cool. We're going to get a chance to see him in a totally different universe doing something different. So that's exciting. Then as, as Mike ably pointed out, he's just, you know, drip to the fucking toes. And it's like, oh, this is cool. You know, like, this guy looks cool. He's got the blonde hair. I have not. I don't like follow on Instagram or whatever, so I had no idea he was going with this uh, blonde hair look.
2: So the blonde hair, I don't know if you it's the blonde hair and the beard, it's the black and gold AEW colors. Oh, is it? All right. It, it, uh, it didn't jump out at me until his uh, post-angle YouTube video that he put up where he's just standing in front of the AEW logo, and it's like, oh, yeah. it's right there.
1: I, I think what people are missing is that Rusev... This is the 2020 version of the Outsiders coming to WCW. Like, if you remember the whole Outsiders thing, Kevin Nash has talked about this openly, was like taking a a whole vibe basically from the hip hop that was popular at that time to try to be cool so that people would see them as cool. And it's not like fucking hip hop fans were watching WCW, right? So that those fans would uh, necessarily relate to them. It's just that like, that's what's cool in in the, the population at large. And I think Miro is bringing a similar thing, but a much updated version, uh, to AEW here. And I, I just think it's what, it's one of those things where when the guy comes out and cuts the promo, which is like tired. Yes. Like I, that's okay to criticize. But my thing is you have to let these guys live. Like they worked at that company for X years, putting up with metric tons of bullshit and it's like, you know, they want to get one little shot off in their promo. I don't have a problem with that. Now, if he comes out, that's what he does every week. Yeah, it's gonna be like, okay, Miro, that's enough. But I don't have a problem with him getting his shots off. And I don't have a problem with the positioning. I do. I agree with with Nate that I would have liked to have heard more ridiculous reasoning as to why they actually have some relationship. Uh, I would have liked that.
2: But my cousin Miro and cousin Kip, that's money right there.
1: Yeah, that's, that's hilarious.
0: Fantastic.
1: But to me, you have all your all your top level stories are kind of already in motion. You know what you're doing there, so you can establish Miro in like in the middle of the card and let him pick up some wins and build him up organically to challenge at the top of the card. So I just I honestly can't imagine doing anything but enjoying this and being excited to see where it's going to go. So uh, I thought it was great, and it was it was the most important thing was for Miro to not be Rusev when he came Mm -hmm. out. Not do anything related to the Rusev character. And he didn't. He talked in his normal, you know, what his normal voice sounds like. And he didn't do uh, Miro Day. I mean, I know the crowd tried to do that, but he didn't really lean into it. Uh, So he just showed that this is something totally different. And uh, I don't know. I'm excited to see where it goes.
2: On the point of Miro Day, uh, you know, I thought it was brilliant when Chris Jericho, you know, told everybody to shut up with the list shit and the stupid idiot shit and was like, no, we're done. That's bad creative, whatever. We're moving past that. I think that was true because they, you know, WWE, let's drive shit into the ground. They mined that for every last second and cent that that Chris Jericho shtick was worth. But Miro in WWE was like the last guy to organically get something over with Rusev Day to the point where like, you know, crowds were – uh cheering for him and chanting for him far above his push and you know in segments that he wasn't a part of like he was i you know I, I guess maybe the the only guy that's had a real significant elevation since then is maybe Kofi Kingston um and that's you know kind of kind of a uh uh kind of a different uh animal there um so i i think there's still that's still like relatively fresh and was not strip mind like every other wwe catchphrase or whatever so i almost don't even mind if they do that um you know again you don't want to drive anything into the ground but if people organically are still into the idea of miro day then i'm not against them running with it uh and yeah you know like honestly like if you were a muddied, young uh you know good-looking athletic eastern european guy uh what do you think you would look like you would probably look a lot like miro here so
1: (laughs) yeah exactly It's just, uh, well, it's amazing to me. Uh, I've checked out the entire Gucci X Disney collection Okay, at this point. All right. uh, It's just fucking sick. And, you know, I don't think it's something I could rock. It's it's probably not me, but I'm not uh, a buff, good-looking, moneyed Eastern European guy. (laughs) So, you know, it's understandable. Uh, But I just, what I'm interested most to see is, is Miro going to trot out the rest of his Gucci X Disney collection <laughs> uh, week by week? Or are we going to see, you know, completely uh, different fits on a weekly basis?
0: I'm real intrigued to see what his uh, inspirations are. I'm intrigued to see maybe if we get some antisocial social club out of them. Maybe some Beliciaga. My, I mean, I you know, he probably has a, a couple of Supreme fits with him as well. There's a lot of ways to go with it. Like my last like big takeaway from this was... A lot of people think like like the serious brute thing and i maybe it's because i watched a lot of total divas when it started and i and i watch a lot of trash tv as we all know uh this does feel like a lot more like how rusev seems to be with the caveat that of course all reality content is just as plain and formulated as scripted content but i'm just happy to like kind of like see this guy kind of be himself and he came out like he's a guy who's lived in the States for almost 20 years at this point so he shouldn't be coming out with doing like a Yakov Smirnoff voice and be coming out like with that instead like being the moneyed Eastern European communist
2: Russia Garfield bapes you
0: (laughs) 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 what if that actually was his affectation was talking about (laughs) Disney Gucci you and something like that
2: yeah, uh, that I, might actually be good, actually. <laughs> yeah,
0: right, yeah. But, maybe get, go back to it if you're just making references to various streetwear brands.
1: My other point I wanted to make is I think people are projecting, on, and I, I've been guilty of this in the past, like projecting something onto Miro that, that isn't him. I mean, the idea that he's like Ishii in New Japan is just like maybe not true. Uh The guy is a, is a PC creation and is probably not a, a tape watcher, if I had to guess. I mean, I don't, Again, I don't follow him, but I haven't heard him like talk about all the well, stuff that
0: he's into. Well, well, AB, you do know who his initial trainers are, right? I, I don't. Well, one of them is Rikishi, and the other uh, one is a vampire warrior, Gangrel. Okay, hmm.
1: right. So, I mean, I'm not sure that this guy is like trying to put on like Masawa Kawada. You know, I'm not sure that that's his his whole thing. And I, I think Mike's right that what we saw on AEW last night is just closer to who uh Biro is as a guy and if he could get over uh if he could be something completely different and get that over in the Rusev character I'm willing to wager that if he gets to be himself he can get that over too on a main event level. Okay. Well that's uh what we were going to talk about Miro. I guess I don't get to uh pick the Gucci X Disney fit as my elite pick. So that's I do uh,
2: um I want I want him to go also like full Naito but he comes to the ring not in a cosplay suit but comes in different streetwear and uh luxury brands every week. Um, you know, because he obviously, you know, he could have been wearing his gear under what he wore on Dynamite the other night. Uh so then you get him like painstakingly taking off the Gucci, you know, taking off the Yeezys. Uh and then he's just got his trunks there ready to go. Uh I think that that'd be tremendous as well. Sorry, I just had to I was thinking about just more you could do. If you don't want to go full gamer and you want to go full Gucci Uh, Yeah, just go full one way or the other, I think.
1: Yeah, I agree. I would like that. I mean, that's a good idea. I'm interested to see what sort of gear he goes with now that he's getting to choose his own. I mean, I guess he got to choose his own a little before, but sometimes you see these guys switch it up. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering if he'll go with the longer, you know, trunks that he's been wearing uh, or or something new.
2: I don't know. It should have, um, you know, Louis Vuitton logos on it one way or the other.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get back to how we'd normally start this show with a little elite or delete! Elite! Delete! delete. Delete! Elite.
2: Delete! Elite! Delete! Elite! 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 Delete! 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 Stop! Elite! delete Elite! delete Elite!
1: So I guess we'll just take Miro out of the elite or delete uh, portion of the show this time around. Uh, so, Nate, what do you got? What was your favorite thing of the
2: show? Uh, I'll pick for my elite selection this week. Um, really the thing that surprised me the most on the show in terms of where it delivered, uh, and that was the tag match between Chris Jericho and Jake Hager and Joey Janela and Sonny Kiss. Uh, I thought this performed way above expectations uh, for me. They This is the most shine, really, that they've given certainly the team of Joey Janela and Sonny Kiss on dynamite and the most shine they've given either of them since, you know, probably Janela versus, uh, Omega on one of those early dynamites. Um, that might've even been an, on a dark, um, but you know, uh, competitive match, uh, Joey and Sonny were competitive and looked great, uh, after, you know, Jericho beat Janela in pretty convincing fashion last week. Um, and, easily. I think, uh, I, I heard this, this taken a couple places now, so I don't have to say any one person, uh, you know, Jake Hager, pretty much the best thing that he's done in the company. Uh, you know, maybe accepting the stadium stampede, because I guess his parts in that were pretty good. Um, so yeah, that was enjoyable to me. Uh, I didn't get, you know, Jericho gets on the mic afterwards and says, we're going to go for a tag team title run now. Uh, and I didn't really get a satisfactory, I think, explanation on that. Like, Maybe I kind of want him to sell it. Oh, you know, Moxley beat me last time. I don't think I can beat Moxley, so I'm going to go after the tag titles instead. That would have been nice as like a justification for why Jericho doesn't still want to be the top guy. Um, But I think it's interesting. You know, you're moving Omega and Page out of the tag team division and replacing them with another top team or a top star, at least, in Jericho. So that's great to, you know, continue to give that division some juice and, and make it interesting.
0: And it's something with how with like Sonny Kiss, we've now he's been getting a lot more ring time and he had this really fun closing stretch in this match, like right before the finish that came off really well. So the, this worked on like multiple levels. It well, one of the things that felt like that, at least I know I was wondering and I was trying to figure out while we were uh, doing the post show on Saturday was where do you go with Chris Jericho now? And Now the very clear and obvious question is, have him be in a tag team. He's not going to have to drop falls here, and we get to see, and he'll still be a featured player. So I feel like that was a success in that sense. And, you know, the the more I see the Janela and Kiss team, the more I feel like that Sonny Kiss is someone that they need to get behind in a big way, and it's a great use of Joey Janela. So I feel like that this was just kind of an unqualified success.
1: Yeah, I was just happy to see uh, Joey and Sonny get this this big shine. I don't know that I've I mean, I hear what you're saying, Nate. I'm not sure I need like a really great explanation for why they want to go after the the tag titles. Uh, But I do appreciate the idea that. AEW is smartly going to um, do that with like singles guys where there's really not something for Jericho to do in this moment on the singles level. So I like the idea of of shunting them over there. Obviously, they don't need to win the tag titles, and I'd be surprised if they did. Uh, but you get to, you know, it's not quite '90s All Japan, but you can kind of put some of your top stars in, in tags and let them. I mean, it's what they've done with Page and Omega, right? They didn't have anything for Omega to do in the singles uh, world, so they put them over there in the tag, and it was a huge success. You know, it was a, a big storyline success for them, and they got a lot of great matches out of it. So I'm just I'm excited that they're showing a willingness to do that.
2: Yeah. You know, nice to make their intentions known. I just, you know, Jericho's been such a top guy throughout so many companies that it's like, well, why wouldn't you want to be the world champ still? That's I, fair. I guess I guess maybe you, maybe you don't want him to sell that he doesn't want to go after Moxley because you don't want to position the tag belts as lesser. But also the tag belts haven't main evented any pay-per-views here, so.
1: This, this may be headcanon, but I took it as, hey, we, we had a rough go of it at the pay-per-view, and now we're going to get back on track by you know, going into the, the tag division for a little bit. That's the way I took it, but again, I may have just made that up for myself. All
0: right, Mike, your choice. What what did you think was the most elite part of Dynamite this week? Well, it clearly was to be narrow, but we all agreed on that at the forefront. So after that, I'm real interested like how they're going to deal with Paige and Omega. I thought that they had a pretty kind of effective thing coming here. This was a show that had a lot of talking, a lot like the go home show, but I feel like that these two having two like vastly different, like sit down interviews, Uh, Paige was with Tony Giovanni and uh, Kenny Omega was with JR. And I feel like that kind of showing like the two sides and the two different individuals who came together in this team made it really interesting. And the whole idea that, Kenny's like you know what I did this I learned something but you know what I think it's time for me to get back to myself whereas Paige is like we still might have another shot I know I'm full of poison but I feel like we have something here after everything is interesting and it does make me feel like that eventually we might be seeing Paige versus Omega as a program here but it's, it, it's an interesting step after the pay-per-view where everything was kind of left up in the air and I guess you can even tie in like the young bucks just like not dealing with things and Getting and super kicking Alec Marvez and then getting fined for that. So like everyone who's been involved in like this elite storyline, I feel like that they took really important steps forward. And especially given, I mean, there's like seven weeks until the pay per view, and I feel like that this was a good start on the road to full gear, at least for Page and Omega.
2: Yeah, I um, I like both of these. I thought you know Hangman is a little bit on the um, I don't know sad sack or melodramatic side, um, then, you know, maybe how I would ideally play it, but, uh, you know, he, he's also, I think knows his audience and knows what BTE people want and has, you know, developed that character to a point where everybody has bought into it multiple times over now. So maybe I just, uh, you know, maybe he knows better than me on that. Um, but yeah, and the, you know, they did some great justification. Uh, I thought, Omega's lying about, you know, if Hangman is looking for a reconciliation and all this stuff that he needs to make better plans or make other plans, um, you know, was, I thought, a um, incisive line. And, you know, really, then he just hit the nail on the head where he's like, hey, I'm going to do the singles thing that everybody wanted me to do in the first place now. Um, you know, go ahead and let your intentions be known on that. And now you've got a big audience for this show. People are going to be hopefully tuning in to see that. Um, I, I maybe I w- I would have liked him to be like oh yeah by the way I'm a, I am a top singles champion for a uh, you know global promotion in AAA right now so uh, maybe that's worth a mention at that point but yeah I think uh, a nice clean break for both those guys it is kind of funny that on the pay per view it was the young bucks who wanted to talk to Omega and Paige be like hey let's talk things out let's talk things out and then you know here on the next television episode, both those guys are doing all the talking and the young bucks like, no, I'm tired of talking fed up with all this. We're going to kick a guy in the face. Um, You know, just kind of a, a funny two ships passing in the night where everybody's constantly in uh, opposing positions.
1: I think this is easily the most compelling. This story has been in a very long time. It would kind of gotten to the point where I was just like, okay, can we do something? With this story, can we make some progress? And I wasn't sure where Kenny was going because he starts out talking about, you know, everybody thought I was going to be the the big single star at the start of this company. And maybe that just wasn't meant to be. And I thought, oh, he's just going to like dive into this tag thing, I guess. But then he like switches, you know, in the middle of the promo. But I'm not sure how clean the break is going to be. It feels like Paige, you know, his character realizes like, oh, I fucked up bad and I've got to do something to make up for it. And his idea is, well, I'm going to keep tagging with Kenny and that will show everybody, you know, that, that I'm actually a good guy and I'm going to not really, but kind of like pay my dues, you know, to get back uh, to even with my friends. And so I imagine we're going to see him still trying to make that happen for some time and Kenny not being open to it. And yeah, like, as, as Mike said, you see the Bucks, what they did, and then Omega, what he did, you wonder, are they shading a little more uh, to the heel side? And we could get that Page Omega match where it's Cleaner Omega versus Babyface Adam Page.
2: Well, <laughs> y- yes, uh, they're they're shading all sides of this schism here, but uh, I think you know I don't I don't want to get too into the weeds of this because we do it constantly, but <laughs> I think Kenny's supposed to be the heel coming out of that because he's the one that's like no, but, you know we're not getting back together. I don't you know, I don't want to be friends with you anymore or whatever. Um, you know, he's the guy that let Paige fall on his face. Uh he's the guy that's been teasing the cleaner character. So, you know, I think he would be on the heel side of that. And and whereas Paige is trying to play more of a sympathetic down in his luck babyface sort of aspect to it. But uh you know, it made me think that this is like well-trod ground for Kenny and it worked for him a lot previously, like hey. Uh, I'll get really established as a tag team guy uh, and then we'll split up and I'll do my singles thing. And now there's even more money whenever they go back to the elite coming back together, which, you know, of course they will do. Uh, but it, it's a matter of, you have to make people wait for it and make people want it. So in however many years you can, you know, have him and uh page men defenses or whatever, when he did that with Ibushi, that's what, you know, elevated into the top of new Japan was that whole storyline. So uh, you know, I, I think he knows how that worked for him previously, and I, I think if they execute that again, then it'll be to everybody's benefit.
1: Is Higman Page willing to sell that he uh, is in love with Kenny Omega? Because I really think that would be a big a big
2: storyline mm. for AEW. Um I think it's a little uh complicated <laughs> by his you know his his partner, his significant other having been uh you know, alluded to on BTE and stuff, right? Sure. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm just saying it's that cool, is makes it that's a little tougher
2: a, to, to blur the lines.
1: That's a huge part of the magic of the Omega Ibushi thing. Yeah, there's this undercurrent of of romance, right? And yes, uh, as our good friend Adam said, you know, romance is one of the great <laughs> tropes in life and in wrestling.
2: And it's one of the one of the better lines we've had on any of our <laughs> of our pods here. Absolutely, it is. You know, in, in all the tropes of life. Romance is one of the bigger ones. (laughs) It
1: is. So, yeah, I'm just, I'm for finally, once again, fascinated by this story. Like excited to see where it's going to go. And uh, I think an Omega page match is a lot of fun and still keeps Omega, lets Omega build up toward being a title challenger again. You know, I mean, he would have to win that feud, uh, which is complicated. Uh, but he would need to win that to then go up to face Mox or whoever's going to be the champion at that point. But it's a it's a much better way than Page got built up for his title shot.
2: Yeah, and uh, if they make Kenny more of a true heel, that makes uh, Kenny versus Moxley a second time more interesting. Uh, you know, it's not just a rematch; it's going back to it with a fresh feel. Uh, and then you know, maybe he finally gets his world championship at that point.
1: All right, my pick. For this week is, it's really the whole Ricky Starks, Darby Allen feud, generally. I mean, this has been going on for some time, but it's like, it. it's always fresh, It and it, they even went back to something they'd already done before this week, and it still was interesting. And this is a few that I'm still excited to see. Like, they really, they talked a lot about how Orange Jericho, Orange Jericho, Orange Cassidy versus Chris Jericho lasted 14 weeks. Like, that was a big deal. Because, you know, nowadays in wrestling, feuds don't last that long.
2: That's so, that's very, that's such an insight. You know, Jericho cannot stay away from inside conversations about the business of wrestling. So that's such a him thing, like 14 weeks. I made a feud work for 14 weeks. Fucking beat on that. It's very funny that it's now, of course, uh, infiltrated the actual text of the show.
1: Yeah. But it's like this feud is one that's lasting a long time, but like in an organic way not in a way that ever you ever get tired of, of what they're doing. We haven't actually seen them face off very much. Uh, they kind of both done their own things. Um, so I think that's good. And also you had Ricky Starks doing what I think was his best promo so far in AEW. Because I think you see him gain a little more confidence every time he comes out get a little more comfortable with uh, being on national television. And, you know, when everybody was putting over the early promos, I mean, I thought there was promise there, but he seemed to be a little shaky, a little like, fuck, man, this is a big a big spot for me. And now I think he's he's settling into, no, I'm, I'm just here and I'm doing this. And uh, maybe it's good they didn't do this match at all out and it's going to be even bigger. I'm just worried that they're just going to blow it off on a dynamite rather than holding it off to full gear.
0: Yeah, it's something that... I'm relieved that some of the storylines that I was afraid they were kind of just cutting off before the pay-per-view in terms of just putting everyone into battle Royal. I am glad that they are continuing this. And I feel like that between this and I thought that Ricky was solid in the battle Royal. And then also on dark, I think like Ricky Starks really has shown over the last seven days or really the last five days, who he is in this promotion and why he's a building block for the future and I mean, they're really having Ricky shoulder to the load in this feud, and he's doing it in a great fashion, and I think he's shown that he's rising to the occasion.
2: Yeah, I thought was what was great about this, and it, which was, I think, probably a strength of the show overall, um, especially when you have a post-pay-per-view show with a big audience where you want to hook a lot of people for stuff going forward. Um, but this segment in particular was, it was quick, he hit his points, and then it was to the back, he was over, uh, which is what they should be doing um with promos and with interviews and stuff more frequently uh the you know right before the uh, casino battle royale they ran a bunch of like I don't know 30 second promos 15 second promos for every guy and they were all different and they all had a little bit of of character about the competitors in the match and that's great and that's what you got here he came out he did his joke he made his point he hammered it uh, and then it was like, okay, on to the next thing. And that's like, great. You have so many talented people uh, who so many of them can come up with shit to do to make you interested on a week-to-week basis. If you can hit us with those things to to keep people fresh from week to week, then we're going to keep watching.
1: And if you want to keep your wallet fresh, folks, it's time to head over to my bookie. New customers receive a 100% deposit match. You can double your deposit up to $1,000. If you're a new customer... You put in a hundred bucks, you'll get an extra hundred to play with. You put in a thousand bucks, you'll get an extra thousand to play with. Anything in between. Uh, it's summertime, and at my bookie, that can only mean one thing: it's winning season. So get your first deposit double to do some free bets. Uh, you can play Super Contest, Survivor. They got the NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball, UFC, more. Uh, and we're bringing back, folks, the cousin Weed Mouse. Lock of the week. Week, week, week. We got it fresh for you right here. Get your get your little pencils out to write down what you're gonna take over to my bookie to make your bet this week. Pittsburgh Steelers against the New York Giants on Monday, September 14th. The Cousin Weed Mouse, lock of the week. Steelers minus six. That's Steelers minus six. <laughs> I'm just making sure you've you've made your notes. So, uh, get your bets in. You know uh, the cousin Weedmouse had had a great run uh, the last time we were doing the the my bookie ads. So it's time to to bring him back. But uh, Mike, I know you've been throwing down some bets at, at my bookie. What kind of action do we got?
0: So one of my favorite ones that I've gotten was a uh, is who's going to win the WWE championship. And they had, like, Roman Reigns. At, let me see what they had it at. It was some insane thing that I was. I immediately ran in like a big dog. But, y- y- you know... <laughs> the big uh, dog, baby. The big dog took care of me there. Something that I really like that we talked about last week was Brock Lesnar's next contract, WWE at plus 125. I, I put a little bit on there just because nothing else makes sense there. That seems like that's pretty easy money. Uh, because I am representing the U. I, I put some money on... The Eric King winning the Heisman, he's, he was plus 1,200 when I put that down there. You know, I mean, he's someone that is kind of a sleeper candidate, and I think that he's going to be someone that will at least become a finalist, and I don't know how they're going to be doing the Heisman Award this year, but he'll definitely be high up in the voting. And then, as well, we have the F1 coming up this weekend, AB, and you know how much uh, F1 heads AB and I are. I have a little feeling, Max Verstappen plus 500. Wow. Win. What what could we have gotten Pierre Gasly at last weekend? I wonder. They have him at, when I was looking at it, uh, it was very high odds they have him at this week. He is not favored whatsoever for this upcoming race. So, well, sure. You, you know, it's one of those things that Pierre Gasly winning the first French driver to win an F1 race in 25 years, he is plus 10,000 right now. <laughs> So if you want to make it, <laughs> let it ride on Pierre Gasly, it's plus 10,000. Uh, of course, Lewis Hamilton is the favorite at minus 230. Valerie Botos is the only other person under a th- plus a thousand for this upcoming Tuscan Grand Prix. The thousandth yeah, well, Grand Prix for Ferrari. Yeah, and it's a, was-
1: a track that they haven't been on. So, I mean, we don't know a lot about what it's going to look like. So It's a track might- they own. Yeah, so that might be one that uh, we could get an interesting winner, but. Uh, make sure you go over to MyBookie. Here's how you get your deposit doubled. You got to use the promo code ELITE. So remember, if you're a new player, you can get up to $1,000 uh, on a double on your deposit if you use the promo code ELITE. So sign up now, bet with the best, celebrate your victory. Your winning season begins today only at MyBookie. Now we got to talk about the bad stuff from the show. And it really was an interesting show in that there was a ton of promos, not a ton of wrestling. It was a very different show than what they usually put on. And uh, I came away with some some weirdness about the show. Like a lot of it I enjoyed, but it was just like a weird way of putting the show together, I thought. So I'm, I'm interested to see what you guys didn't like from the show. So, Nate, what was your delete pick?
2: Um, it's hard. I, I'm going to frame this as a delete. Other people might think it's an advantage or strength of the show. Uh, they did a good rating on a show, despite. I changed my mind. I'm going to delete. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm going to delete. I was what I was going to delete was you know none of your homegrown guys were pushed here on your big show. You know, it was a lot of focus on you know this is the old. The reason I'm not saying this is because it's like a hack, but, you know, it's all Miro's and Dustin's and Brody's, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, Matt Hardy's. I will delete uh, teasing the big Cody Rhodes announcement throughout the last hour of the show. Um, And then it having nothing to do with the uh, wrestling content of your show, <laughs> and it's actually like totally undercutting one of your big angles about.
0: Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers. Hand off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill.
2: Cody being uh, you know, having the shit kicked out of them. You know, but I understand they're being a good corporate partner to TNT. Congrats on your por- corporate partnership. Um, but it's just it doesn't when you tease it that hard, again, it's it's about expectations. And I know they want people to stay tuned and see what it is. That's the idea is you need to draw people's eyeballs to it. So then people will watch the show. But when you have the commentary team teasing, Cody has a big announcement and then it's like, Oh, here's Cody's big announcement from another universe entirely. He's actually fine. And you can watch this game show. Uh, It's just very, uh, very jarring undercuts your own angle. If you did it like in the last 30 seconds, like, Hey, thanks for watching dynamite with us guys uh check this out something coming soon with uh cody and then you run it then it's like the expectations aren't there that it's going to be so important and then people aren't so uh taken aback by it
0: yeah there's a lot of like expectations here and the way they built it up because they had the screen crawl of like cody with a special announcement after the match cody with the special announcement and they cut to cody and cody is on a set so being in the discord last night everyone went like oh fuck are they doing a ww are there's no version of the wwe thunderdome because they mentioned macon georgia which of course is close to both turner and the operative headquarters of aew and then it turns into a uh, competition show with burt kreischer the shirtless comedian hosting with cody snoop dog uh jennifer nettles and rosario dawson and you're just like going what and i have to say like I immediately like caught what this was. And my first response was like, Oh, I guess any everyone who was going like, Oh, they must be worried about the, uh, the program head that left being like their condition, the network. As soon as I saw this, I was like, Oh, of course not. They love Cody. But what was truly great about this was the response of one Aaron Bentley, who's, I still don't think it's all sunk in because you went silent for a good, solid, solid 10 minutes. And I was like, I guess I'm filling time here, making sure everything's okay. Because I couldn't tell if, like, you were like, mic off, like, cursing this out, or you were just like, what the fuck did I just see? But yeah, no, it was like managing expectations. And then, in a way, like, uh, having your fans like expect something about someone who's been off TV now for two weeks. And this is how you're, the the first mention to see them is, hey, I'm doing a game show. And it's just kind of wild in that respect.
1: Yeah, it fucked me up very, very badly. Uh, I didn't know what to say. I just like, yeah, it's all about the expectations. I thought like, oh, we're gonna get some kind of cool announcement from Cody here, and when it was like, when there's like fucking a drive-in game show, and it's like, uh, I don't know. I just, I still really can't process like what the thought. I mean, I understand the thought process from a corporate partnership level, but I don't understand the thought process from like a wrestling television show level of what was going on. I don't know. A, a friend who is a a public school teacher text me today to say that they were told that in the event of a uh, lockdown for a school shooter uh, you you have to ignore covid social distancing rules and risk covid in that circumstance and i was the same way i was unable to process that in my brain process that in my brain was how i felt about uh this sudden drive-in game show uh all i can remember is like and I could, this could be my brand just like creating this memory, but I feel like there were, there was like two African-American guys outside of a, like a truck and they were like our city like hooting and hollering, like for Cody. And that's like the, the vision that like sticks in my brain that I will never forget. Of, uh, I didn't, I didn't
2: see it. They didn't even show it on fight. So I have no idea. Oh yeah. No I'm idea so- what happened. Uh, except that obviously he's fine. He's not at all injured.
1: No. I mean they tried to like vaguely reference it. They he was like I say go big or you know, people say go big or go home and since I'm injured maybe I should go home, but <laughs> I like to go
2: big. I, yeah, I I at least I guess I I respect that they acknowledged it at all. It was a strong show for acknowledging things. I'll give them that. <laughs> That's another elite pick was Eddie Kingston acknowledging shit. I love an acknowledgment. Um yeah. but yeah, just very very, again, it's, it's only a positive. Like, it's great that uh, Turner's investing time into him. Uh, it's great that Turner thinks he's going to bring eyeballs to their show. These are all things that are to the advantage of AEW. It just uh, gives you that dissonance when they <laughs> push it like that.
0: I, I'm going to read this one paragraph about this that's from the uh, Observer website. Go Big Show will sl- feature celebrity judges Snoop Dogg, Rosario Dawson, Jennifer Nettles, and Cody judging the likes of Monster Trucks. Alligator trainers, stun archery, and other feats It will also highlight the behind the scenes stories and the challengers whose aim is to impress the judges and head to head competition. Now, just seeing that we're getting monster trucks, alligator trainers, and stun archery in one thing, I'm gonna watch this thing. I I, I think that this is into the codyverse This will I, become a patron. I Patreon never had content. a doubt
1: that Mike would watch this. Not for <laughs> one second.
0: I love garbage TV. Just shovel it in my mouth. I've I've been watching a lot of panel shows lately. It's gotten to that point of this. I've been watching old British, uh, the Great Big Fat Quiz of Everything, 2014. It's gotten oh, to that Christ. point.
1: Is, is that on? Is that on Wrestling Quiz Night?
0: I, I do not think that that's on Wrestling Quiz Night. However, member of the AEW Championship Committee Jack Whitehall does appear on the show.
2: Oh, okay, interesting. Love Jack. So,
0: so, yeah, I'm absolutely going to be watching this and reviewing this because this is exactly for me.
2: Aaron, on the topic of, uh, of viewing habits, have you given uh, the uh, extremely popular anime ReZero a try, as you suggested you might? I've watched two episodes, friends and listeners. How long has it been since you watched those two? Have you, have you you Is this that you gave it up already or are you sticking with it?
1: Oh, no, I just I just haven't had a lot of time. I've been very busy. Uh, but no, I plan to watch at least the first season. I'm not really a, I don't really give up on shows. Uh, hmm. Usually I'll give them a, a good shot. So, yeah, I'm enjoying it so far.
2: All right. Keep it surprised.
1: It's uh, it's interesting because I mean, I don't watch any anime. So like even though I understand that this is like a common anime trope, it's a new idea to me. Like the idea that this guy is transported to a new universe and then it's like a Groundhog Day gimmick where like, this thing happens, and he's got to go back and try to recreate things to like make it happen differently. So it's new to me.
2: Uh, Miro entering AEW is an isekai.
1: That's right. That's absolutely right. Uh, it would be funny to see him try to come back next week in the same outfit and <laughs> try to cut a better promo. I mean, that'd be <laughs> funny.
2: <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Miro, Miro is trapped. In, I mean, yeah, that is. I wonder if Shakara ever did that. But yeah, this Miro trapped in a time loop and everybody else, is like, what the fuck's going on?
0: <laughs> yeah, the, the, there is the whole idea about Eddie Kingston doing a spinning backfist to Robert here Evans and sending him back through time. And they cre- there was a time loop in Shakara at one point. Yes.
2: Well, we've got all the tools right here for another one. Eddie, Eddie Kingston out here maybe? throwing backfists.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> a backfist to the future. So if you get hit by it, you go into the future. So mm. there you go.
1: All right. Well, Mike, what was your delete pick from this week's episode?
0: Uh, there was a lot of talking, but there was one bit of talking that I thought was worse than everything else. And that was the FTR celebration. That was very, very just awkwardly staged. The FTR guys, you have totally Blanchard there the entire time. We've seen how hit and miss these two guys are on on commentary. And I was a fan of parts of when they did like the, the stuff last week, building up them versus... Uh, hangman and omega like i thought that's something that was okay but then like you have like dax talking about like what they, they're the locker room leaders where the top guys speaking of top guys billy just because you're in some second tier hall of fame doesn't mean in your kid are going to jump in line it just was like kind of just like one of those things that i was like you have Tully blanchard here you have Tully blanchard here and he's just saying the background clapping and then you have cake and then you have your cooler and you, you had like all the tag teams out there other than the Bucks and hangman omega so a lot of people looked like absolute geeks at least uh silver and reynolds like stood up on the the stage watching and then went into the back part way through so it just was like what well, this was like the one thing that hey celebrations apparently bring in ratings so i'm not going to completely dismiss that but you have Tully blanchard there why do we have to have uh, both uh bald ftr and ftr with hair cut bad promos
2: I, uh, yeah, not, not a highlight of the show, not a strength of the show. I do totally did promo. I don't, I don't think his promo brought a lot to the table either. He was kind of just loud. So I don't know if that really solves your problem. Um, I kind of think, you know, they were doing material that was like very WWE Brian Goertz one liners, um, which is, you know, maybe what they're best equipped to do based on where they come from. And you know, I thought the SCU line was was pretty fine. Uh, you know, I like that they put down the WWE Hall of Fame. That'll always get a pop from me. Uh, but yeah, I just think, I, I just think they don't have the confidence to to pull this off and make it really sing as a segment yet. Like they just, you know, when you're not uh, super confident, you don't hit all of your words um, with you know the exact right pace, and the, you know they kind of rush through it, or you talk over each other, and that's just kind of the the vibe I got from it. So. Yeah, Uh I, you know, they kind of just need some of that that uh that Brody Lee glow up where they really get some confidence, I think. And then I think all these, you know, some of these little little foibles will fall together when they feel more self-assured about how they're performing. I mean, they
1: probably were like told for five years or whatever that they are shit at talking. And so we're not going to let you talk. Uh, so yeah, they got to beat back some of that, but they also are shit at talking. So it's like, it's a tough. Uh...
2: You're, not, you're not helping Aaron. You're playing right <laughs> into there.
1: So it's a, it's a tough line to walk. I just, I don't I just hate their whole shit. You know, it's just like, this is not something that I enjoy. So I agree. It was bad. Um, My D-Leap pick of the week. Another, another Dustin Rhodes main event, like a few months after his most recent main event with a monster who, uh, you know, punished him for uh, an extended match. I mean, it's like, to me, Dustin, like, okay, Dustin comes and has the Cody match. You're like, oh shit, this guy like still got it. Like, okay, let's have a little Dustin run. This'll be fun. And then to me that ends when Lance Archer destroyed him. It's like, okay, the Dustin thing's done. Uh, he'll do this tag team with QT. That's cool. He can be in your six mans and your eight mans and whatever. And he's kind of a, uh, I mean, he's still pretty good, but you know, he's not a, a big player in the promotion. And then, like three months later, to put him right back out there in a TV main event, uh, you know, it's just like it's not that it was a bad match; it's just not compelling uh, at all. You know, it's and it's something that if in a year you pulled out a Dustin TV main event, they're like, "Oh, well, this is fresh again." You know, like this is interesting again. But I just wasn't into it here, and it made me just n- not interested in, in watching uh, the match very much.
2: Yeah. I thought, uh, yeah, I thought it was probably the, the second or third best match on the show. Um, how many so matches I, were there? <laughs> more Five. than that. I mean, Five. it was, it was, it was there with the, uh, you know, Jericho match that I shouted out and, and, the the Luchasaurus opening match was also pretty strong. I thought, um, and I thought this was, you know, a pretty strong television main event, uh, but yeah, that, that was sort of the, the, that's related to the point that I shied away from, which is, you know, uh, a lot of what brought me to AEW was, uh, I had got invested in these other guys who went and made stars of themselves outside the WWE for exactly that reason. Cause the WWE is dog shit and it was like, Oh, new Japan's really good. Let's watch that. Oh, here comes, uh, you know, the young bucks. And, uh, now later here comes Kenny Omega and they're made these, made themselves stars, Uh, you know, overseas and the second biggest promotion in the world. That's like remarkable. I'm going to follow what's going on with these guys. Um, So, you know, just, they must have concluded that the XWE guys perform well, because we keep getting these Matt Hardy singles matches. We keep getting big pushed, uh, you know, Brody Lee and Dustin Rhodes matches. uh, And those just, you know, I would, at some point we have to, start transitioning into, Hey, here's the big pushed, uh, you know, Darby Allen versus Ricky Starks match on top instead of Dustin Rhodes and Bradley match on top. And, and again, that's just, that's just like a larger macro thing. Cause I like the match. I like what both these guys are doing. So I, you know, enjoyed it at the time. Just, that's like a, a, a larger concern to be aware of.
0: And then, yeah, like talking about like how AB said about, him having like this up top story. So recently, this is like the third time in the past 15 months where he's had like this big last stand thing. And then you add that with the tag team title shot. And that seems to be a well that they're tapping dry relatively quickly. And it's, it's one of those things that like, I feel like that he's a great resource and and he's definitely still going the ring, but it's something that maybe this is on a show that the bucks were only in one segment. Kenny had to sit down. Cody's off screen so you have a moxley promo that's how you're using moxley like you, they pretty much like booked this so that they had to rely on this and yeah i would have loved to see the darby and ricky stark's match maybe it is that that's coming down the line maybe it does get like the big main event spot it deserves but i guess for like right now they kind of book themselves into it and but i think that like i don't want to see dustin rhodes doing a last stand match at all over the next like year like I like it should be like until 2021 or 2022 before we have another one of these
1: I'm pretty concerned I mean I talked about it before I'm pretty concerned about this like booking by spreadsheet regime that they seem to have which is like oh I'm pretty sure that uh, this type of guy moves numbers so we're gonna put them here rather than trying to make the viewers respond to something I'm, I'm concerned about how that if they don't move to what what you were talking about Nate of trying to make their own people in these spots then they're not going to have them. When, when these guys are gone, there's not going to be a next generation to turn to. So that's pretty concerning to me.
2: It is. And it's funny that it's, you know, basically the same argument that plays out with, uh, you know, Sabermetrics and, you know, sports, which is where Tony comes from, that it's like, well, if you're just looking at the, the numbers all the time and you're obsessed with the data, then you're not, you know, you're missing other parts of the picture. Uh, but, you know, I think they probably – being that Tony is an old newsletter guy and ECW guy or whatever, I think he probably, you know, he hears a Darby Allen pop and he goes, okay, if the hardcores are with Darby Allen, then he's a guy that we can invest some time in to, to make sure that the larger TV audience is seeing what the appeal about him is. So yeah, you just have to hope that the, you know, there's a balance.
1: All right. We also had a big ratings win for AW. I mean, they were against no one, but uh big win nonetheless. Based well, they were
2: against a very close NBA game. So,
1: That's true. Uh, And they did very well. So uh, AB takes the L on this one as they did pop over 1 million viewers, 1.016 million. That's up from 928,000. They just they're living in rarefied air now. And uh, seventh in the demo um, with a 0.37. So just beautiful stuff for uh, if you're AEW, you got to be very happy.
0: Yeah, uh, at this time, I'm collecting my win on the double or nothing bet and that saying that I was... Here's
2: here's one W, Mike.
0: Thank you. Thank you. And and here's your L and (laughs) here's your uh, L for this bet. I'll put an F in the chat. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, 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 we pay respects to that and that I was the only one that thought that AEW would break a million by double or nothing 2021. And, you know, just like looking at how this was and how this kind of played out, kind of interesting like the big takeaway though that was like this this was an incredibly high demo number this was the most viewers overall they've had since the second week of tv and the third and only the first time that they've broken a million since the third week of tv and it's their best uh demo performance since uh since i think the jericho cruise i think that that is no it's not the jericho cruise it is the uh to think what the show is on 115 i think that was it was one of the florida shows maybe but bash of the
2: beach shows, perhaps?
0: Bash the beach at the EU. So, I mean, like, there we go, there again. But it, the interesting things about this was that the, the biggest way that this happened was that people uh, above the age of 50, which was 0. .40, which is the highest they scored in that sub-demo, and it was 0. .35. It's been going up it, two weeks ago when they had that Saturday Night Show. It was a 0. .25, and it's almost double that. And those are NXT fans, I'm willing to guess, just because of how NXT has skewed and how heavily they've had The over 50 demo, I think that's a reasonable assumption to do there. Interestingly enough, like both uh, NXT was on Tuesday again. Both AEW and NXT had these NBA double headers. And it was a more difficult NBA night last night than it was on Tuesday with like the overtime game and getting really, really, really tight with it. But I mean, AEW was the best non-news, non-NBA program on TV and it was not a strong uh, broadcast night as well. Interesting things that, like, kind of came across that, like, I had a little bit of, like, a demo breakdown. They were up both in women 14 or 18 to 49, uh, women 12 to 34, and then people over 50. Slightly down in people overall 18 to 34, and down more in men 12 to 34, which I thought was kind of interesting to see, like, that little bit of it. I mean, that could also very well be NBA game. So... A real interesting night. It's going to be something as we don't know what night they're going to be on, but given how like their trajectory has been, I mean, we're looking at like four shows ago, they were at 755,000. I think that they have to come out of this all pretty happy. And, you know, it's one of those things that coming out of like the big pay-per-view that they have to be pretty happy about it. And they have to feel pretty confident about everything right now. And it'll be interesting to see how this goes.
2: Yeah, and also just, You know, they had a, I thought, pretty rough week last week in a big audience. And I was like,
0: hey, you know, when you have a big audience,
2: you should do a good show instead of a bad show. So I'm glad they listened to our advice. I'm glad they did a good show this week uh, for this big audience. Uh, And, you know, also shows that, you know, a lot of these people that are dipping in, maybe, you know, when NXT is not exactly running opposite to them or whatever, uh, you know, are willing to give them a chance here, stick with them week to week, even if they have a down week. Uh, You know, of course, it also benefits them that these shows have been, uh, before and after pay per view, uh, but yeah, and, and again, mentioned this earlier. They did a bunch of angles and talking segments and stuff to set up future stories that hopefully hooks those you know new viewers in.
1: They were also uh, competitive with Raw in the 18 to 49. I believe they beat one hour and were right in the middle of the other two hours or something like that. So um, it's going to be interesting if if NXT moves to Tuesday as it looks like they will, and AEW stays on Wednesday. It's going to be interesting to see uh aw versus raw going forward
2: i yeah i'm becoming more skeptical that they move nxt just because this story is already oh yeah aw is is nipping at raw's heels and that's that's the story that usa and uh wwe do not want whatsoever so that,
1: that's a good point that like usa doesn't care about nxt versus aw but if it becomes aw versus raw that raises their Raises their interest.
2: Actually, yeah. Now that I say that, I wonder if they don't mind because then when contract renewal time comes, then they say we're not fucking paying you that much money again. Because look at, at the huh. bargain you can get at AEW. Mm. <laughs> yeah. um, but you know, maybe maybe the gross points are more important for USA at this point because they don't have much else. What if USA it, bought uh, AEW to replace
0: RAW? That'd be uh, very wild. Wow. That'd be <laughs> th- that would be very funny. Uh, it, All time inter- great day of Twitter. <laughs> no that's a day of twitter where i install it from the phone i go make a bath and i just go sit in the bath listen to some music and just not think about anything for a while because that is definitely like a day i do not want to be at the like where i'm pl- missing out man the,
2: uh, the, i'll be the there i'll the be, be i'll be
1: injecting those takes
0: <laughs> I, I mean that'll be like the flats of megiddo right there i, I will have
1: those takes in my footy packs just <laughs> ready to imbibe
0: i i'll be out at my porch you know i will maybe that's when i the day i learned decide to learn in the banjo like that seems like that will be my plan during that day but yeah, no, it's interesting. It's one of those things that given like this week, if uh, if I'm AEW seeing how things are going with Turner, you're like, all right, already thinking about 2022, 2023. Whereas WWE, you got a lot of things, and especially with the other news about the people who are furloughed now being permanently laid off.
1: All right, let's get into our rundown of the rest of the show from uh, this week. We started out with Jericho and MJF with Tony Schiavone. They're kind of doing a, a face-off promo gimmick. Uh, Jericho says, "You got robbed by Box. Everybody saw it, but you're. But I guarantee you're going to be a W champion very soon." MJF says, "You know, let me throw that right back to you. The fact that you lost to Orange Cassidy twice is criminal." Which is funny that they made sure to include that Orange Cassidy beat him twice, uh, even in this segment. He says, but I promise you that one day you're going to regain your AW World Championship. They say they believe in each other. And then as they walk away, we see each of them calling the other a loser. Next up was the Jurassic Express versus the Lucha Brothers. Jurassic Express won. Jungle Boy rolled up Phoenix after Penta hit Phoenix. I think it was actually a Yoshi Tonic. I get the Yoshi Tonic and the Canadian Destroyer confused. So I'm not really uh, sure which is which.
2: I think it was a destroyer the destroyer bump ah. is a pile driver bump to the head a Yoshitonic bump is to the back
1: oh well maybe i can figure that out i mean unlikely. Like just
2: to a to a penning position
1: i've been watching wrestling a long time and still haven't figured it out so doubtful that i will and then they had this thing afterward where Phoenix was mad he and penta are pushing each other kingston comes out tries to make peace gets in a shot at the blade for letting the bunny run wild and uh, ultimately they all make up and then eddie kingston notes that he was never eliminated from the battle Royal. D- do you have any recollect? I mean,
2: I don't know. Yeah, I, I tweeted about that. Uh Okay. Sorry. I, I, missed I, it. I uh, did a quote tweet of one of our, uh, you know, followers who observed the same thing when Eddie exited the ring in the battle Royal, he went under the rope and then was on the apron. And that's where the finish ended up happening with Lance Archer. And then Jake, the snake were, were all out there. Um, you know, I, the question is he, at one point he climbed back up the turnbuckle from the outside of the ring. It was seated on the turnbuckle. So if you're on top of the turnbuckle, does that count as entering the ring? You know, it, it's, you know, it, it was well done, I guess, and that it was borderline that you could probably take it either way. Uh, but yeah, the also great thing, the other great thing he acknowledged here, I've been yelling about for weeks, months even is, Hey, blade, where's your wife, man? What happened to the bunny? Uh, just like, any acknowledgement that that was dropped altogether is like, Oh, they do. They are aware of that being a jarring <laughs> dissonant thing.
1: Uh, after this, there was a Jake Roberts, Lance Archer promo where literally nothing of note happened. So just going to skip right past that. They were wet. They were damp. That was, the Oh yeah. Time. Somebody's going to piss themselves as, as I understand. Uh, then we had the, the much anticipated and ballyhooed uh, Matt Hardy in ring promo. Uh, he says at all out, he suffered a very scary fall. He knows a lot of people were frightened. He was overwhelmed with the outpouring of love. And after a myriad of tests, he's expected to make a 100% full recovery. He goes on about how lucky he is, talks about his wife and his kid. Did he say his kid's name is Barney?
0: I don't think so. Uh, I think Bartleby, maybe. I know uh, one's Maxell. And that one's bon- oh no, it's not. Uh, it's uh, it is a B name though, and it all, is all I
1: could think of was that episode of
0: um... Wolfgang Wolfie.
1: Okay, it didn't sound
0: like that at all. I thought it was a
1: B for sure, uh, but all I could think of was that episode of Eastbound and Down where Kenny Powers says,
0: "What's this one's name? Shrek?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, just a weird uh, like I, I know that they felt like they needed to do this segment, but then you also had Rebby and in, in the aisle and they had the camera like pointed to her and, and it's very definitely a good thing that Reby had a mask on and was observing all those things because given how she was on Twitter, she is the person with, with even less chill than UAB. She would yeah. have like stormed the room. <laughs> he he
2: yes. apologized. No, less, less than zero chill Reby. Yeah. Uh, if you want to hear us talk about, uh, you know, the quote unquote concussion protocol, check out the y'all out reaction show uh, because I got mad and buried the company on there at length uh, for, you know, doing this horse shit with Matt Hardy after the fact. Um, but, yeah, they probably probably made the right choice in just coming out here and having him do an honest two-camera promo, no angle. It's just like, hey, you guys were concerned about me, so you're going to hear it straight from me, and then I'm going to go leave and I'm going to go get better. Uh, that's probably the right thing to do there. Uh, and, yeah, funny that, you know, Reby came down from uh, the Hardy compound made the long drive uh, to make sure the fucking office was in line because not a thing is going to get past her.
1: And he he did say that when he gets healthy uh, and cleared, he's going to come back and, and wrestle in AEW. So uh, I guess we can just take him at his word as far as that goes. Next up, Orange Cassidy defeated Angelico with a Superman punch. After the match, uh, Santana and Ortiz attacked Orange from behind. The best friends made the save. Uh, Chuck said, you want to attack us from behind? You want to destroy my best friend's mom's van? Uh, how about next Dynamite? You meet us in the parking lot. Trent says, uh, we're not going to hug each other or have fun. We're going to come to hurt you and to make my mama proud, which led to a big loud Sue chant in the building.
2: Great Sue's line. Over. Yep. This is, you know, Damn I, I right, I'm right. they needed, to- <laughs> I'll buy that shirt. Fuck. I'll buy the <laughs> shit out of that shirt. <laughs> Damn right. Sue's over. Um, yeah, this is, you know, Sue is the way to get some vulnerability and humanity onto these guys who are otherwise too irony poisoned or whatever uh trent wants to make his mom proud that's great 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 go home promo for you know uh, building up to this parking lot brawl which was the match they were going to do on the blood and guts show prior to the pandemic so it looks like we've taken the long route but that was finally the intent to blow this off is my guess
1: i wanted to be mad about this like just random orange cassidy match like i thought like okay now he's just like having normal matches and trying in the matches. But I will say that Excalibur did a good job in the match uh, on commentary of saying Chris Jericho has ignited something within Orange Cassidy. So they're at least explaining why he's kind of a new person. I just wonder if that's going to take away from like the vibe, the, uh, the thing about Orange Cassidy that connects with the fans.
2: It's really hard, right? Like that was the big thing about elevating Orange Cassidy is the degree of difficulty is crazy, but they spent all this time, and had him go over Chris Jericho twice to try and elevate him to the next level, uh, and then it's like, well, you do all that to try and make him a, you know, uh, a featured player in the promotion, and then do you have him come out and do the little shin kicks shtick that we've seen, you know, for X number of weeks, whatever it was 14 weeks on the program? He just he keeps doing that, and he keeps going back to the well on his. Shtick like if you've been watching him in, on the indies and beyond for however many years, then you've seen it a hundred times. Um, like you have it, it, it's still the degree of difficulty is still really, really high, but you have to evolve it in some way, or else it just becomes you know an old hat gimmick.
0: And it's against someone like in Helico that I came in dreading this match, and instead, they kept it kept to like a tight five. Like it was exactly if orange Cassidy is going to be serious and this is going to be who he is now. And they're trying to thread the needle with it. Like it was kept a, into a length. that I feel like it was pretty effective.
1: I'm uh, imagining like 15 years from now, Chris Jericho and orange Cassidy doing a podcast called 14 weeks. that's <laughs> on uh Conrad's uh, podcast network.
2: Con- Conrad owns
0: Spotify.com. <laughs> i mean he might at this rate
1: <laughs> i'm surprised oh, he's not
0: making deals with spotify already
1: now i'm imagining a, a conrad x bill simmons
0: podcast <laughs> terrified who, who conrad, are your guys who are your guys conrad,
2: conrad x anti-social social club <laughs>
0: <laughs> conrad x neighborhood tokyo x uh, garfield x babe <laughs> Alex Martinez, is, is
1: DM is, us,
2: Conrad. Yeah,
1: he's outside the Young Bucks locker room. Uh, they open the door and super kick him, and they later get fined five thousand dollars for doing so. Um, this was next with the segment with where Kip Sabian came out to announce his, the best man, and it was Miro, which we talked about. We did not mention that he he pointed out that he's that the people are going to see. He's the best gamer on Twitch. So
0: <laughs> Just, we forgot that fucking God
1: mirror rule so much. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Tony was with hangman page, which we talked about. I heard kind of what he said about uh, what he's going to do going forward. Then the Chris Jericho and Jake Hager match defeating Joey Janela and Sonny kiss Um, and Jericho announcing afterward, they were going to go into the, the tag title scene MJF was backstage in his campaign office. He said, of course, Mox You can't blame a scorpion for stinging you. But I figured out who's to blame. It's this campaign. It was supposed to create change and make me a champion. But you're all fired. He gets mad at everybody. Wardlow comes up behind him and uh, interrupts him. And he asks Wardlow if he has a problem. Wardlow kind of gets in his face. He says that MJF pays Wardlow, not Tony Khan, because MJF is the only one in the world who sees Wardlow's potential. So unless Wardlow gets it together, he's going to be fired. Uh, Wardlow says they do not have a problem, and MJF says now is the time for planning to get right back where they belong.
2: Yeah, this was good. This was a nice uh, return to form or return to an appropriate spot for the MJF story, I think.
0: Yeah, and I like what they did with like the simmering thing between him and Wardlow that was not a one-off. That's something they're going to build with, and uh, cribbing from Chelsea in the Discord. There is no war but class Wardlow. I mean, he's going to be the, he's going to be a legend. He's going to be the star. Like we talked about like them going back to the big guys. Wardlow will be like the one on top of the company. Wardlow versus Miro is a match where we might happen. That might happen. And just thinking about that makes, gets me really excited.
1: We got a, a Mox backstage promo. He's talking about Lance Archer winning the battle Royal. Uh, it's the battle Royale. Everybody called it a battle Royal on this show, but it's the battle Royale. And I just want him to get it again.
2: Right. It, it should be Royale but everybody's WWE poisoned. All these people have heard Vince say Royale, it's not fucking French or whatever. So,
1: yeah, but like even, I mean, literally, literally it's called the casino battle Royale. So, I mean, yeah. uh, they got to get it together. So he says, uh, it doesn't get easier being the AW champion. You have to be willing I to do say anything. You don't
2: want to, you don't want to, you don't want to dictate the term. You don't, you don't, you don't want, mocks, sorry, John, they're called superstars. They're not called wrestlers. You don't want that. Sure. Like, you you John Moxley's supposed to fuck up how you say it, right? So, but otherwise, people should be saying Royale. Uh, basically, he cuts a really
1: good promo where he says, uh, "I know that Lance Archer, everybody sees a monster, but when our paths cross and this title's on the line, do you really want to bet against me?" Unfortunately, this is so late in the show because this would have been a great segue to the my bookie ad read.
0: Yeah, uh, good Mox promo. I felt like that this was Mox in true form, and keep him in like two minutes, and he's great.
2: Yeah, he's best on interviews 2020. I don't think it's close.
1: I had a moment like when this first started, I was like, ah, fuck, this is kind of, we're doing the same thing. Like every story is like, oh, here's this next big guy. And Mox is like, no, I'm going to do my best and win. And then I was like, oh, well, I guess like, yeah, he's the white meat baby face on top of this company. (laughs) Like, that's what you're
2: supposed to do. (laughs) It's a professional wrestling, isn't it?
1: (laughs) Yeah, so now I'm happy about it again.
2: Oh, it's like oh, weird. Uh, Captain Subasa's team learned how to play <laughs> together and use the power of friendship to uh, you know overcome the Germans. Oh wow, I can't believe that happened in this <laughs> manga arc
0: again. <laughs> Nate, what if we get Miro and Adidas uh, cross uh, Captain Subasa? Uh,
2: would immediately buy for sure, um, and should definitely happen. I don't know. Does Miro have a team? This is, what's the Bulgarian soccer uh, uh, outlook?
0: I, I want to think that he's like a big Cristiano uh, Ronaldo guy, so he'd be mm. PSG. Yeah, they
2: should not make some calls, Tony. Come on, all right. You definitely you guys... got Bandai and Namco's fucking phone number.
1: Thought you guys were going to go on longer with that bit, and it just it died. So I, I wasn't prepared. Uh, well, I
2: really, I, I, you know, uh, went on a hot run of about twenty seconds, Captain, talking about Captain Subasa earlier, and that was all I had.
1: All right. FDR celebration was next, and then the uh, the Darby-Ricky Starks thing. Um, and then we went into uh, a women's match. Nyla Rose defeated Tay Conti with the Beast Bomb. After the match, Vicky is there with Nyla Rose. She says, the vicious vixens are here to make a statement. They're not going anywhere. And Nyla is about to hit Tay. I'm sorry, Ty. They, they made very clear on the show that her name is pronounced Ty uh ty, she's gonna get another beast bomb but sheeta comes out in another great fit on this episode uh with the kendo stick makes the save and we get the the nyla sheeta face
2: off wait a minute so this means the team name was ty j not that's right KJ? well, Apparently well so. the whole the whole thing is ruined now they gotta they can't they can't do that team anymore
0: no I no think- no there'll be violences forever that still works. I
1: think what happened is, you know, someone who didn't know how to pronounce her name uh, went with Tay-J. And uh, now that she's signed, I think she she's was like, by the, the
2: way, uh, it is actually Ty.
1: She spoke up and was like, I forget who that, there was an, a, a, an athlete recently, I can't remember who it was, who was like, they went, it was a college athlete. They went like three years letting everybody say their name wrong. And then they were like, by the way, uh, you know, now that I've been here a while, my name is actually whatever. So I think that's, that's what happened here. She signed the contract. She wants her name. Yeah, no, she can't directly. join. She can't
2: join the dark order now. She's gotta, gotta ally with uh Sheeta, maybe. Because Team Tai jai just <laughs> team Ty-Jai, team Ty <laughs> doesn't make any sense to me anymore.
1: Well, see what I think I really like this. Like I thought this was a good match, and mm. I'm excited to see see Ty go forward. But I think there may be, and I'm gonna get excited about this and they'll they'll disappoint me, but they might be adding a little interest to the women's division, where you could have like Sheeta's out here to save Ty, and then there's this Ty Sheeta thing, but then there's also this Ty and uh, Anna J thing, and mm. that can play off of each other, and they, yeah. they could go some interesting ways with this.
2: Uh, you know, and and Sheeta being like a big Star Wars nerd probably loves it, and she's like, "Oh, I'm the <laughs> I'm the light side, and the dark yeah. Wars, <laughs> the dark side, and yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't know who Ty is. She's Ray or whatever. I don't care." But don't don't know what that means. But yeah, yeah, sure. It all works. It's it was just the, the name Ray. It doesn't need to mean anything. She's
1: Ray Zero. It, actually, <laughs> sure. I think it's I think it's Re Zero. Actually,
2: it, I think it's Re I think it might be actually pronounced Ray Zero.
1: I just assume it's re like in restart, I think. Is, yeah, uh, it's the idea. Um, all right, we got JR with Kenny. We've talked about that uh segment. And then yeah, for the TNT championship, Brody Lee retain, defeating Dustin Rhodes. Uh, Dark Order came out to celebrate. Colt's all excited, but Brody does not want Colt there. Kicks him out of the ring. He and Evil Uno walk to the back. You know, They also uh, did that on the pay-per-view where uh, Colt lost, and so Brody was mad at him, and Uno stuck around to like console Colt afterwards. So they're doing that again. And then they held Dustin, and Brody uh, gave Dustin the Shattered Dreams uh, you know, we'll kick to the nuts there.
2: Yeah, good, good little uh, exclamation mark on there. Um, and yeah, like, you know, like the development of the the Colt story here where he, you know, is a little bit clueless, uh, but Brody's not having it. And really, you know, Colt, you got to smarten up. If you're below John Silver on the totem pole, then you got to realize that you're uh, not in a good place to be.
1: All right, if you want to support the show, you can go to slash everything elite. This week we had the big all out instant reaction with Wikifaze Springs Eternal. We also had Light, which is our weekly show where Mike and I preview Dynamite, review Dark, and Nate gives us what's going on on all the blog. I mean, the vlogs. Fuck, that's like the second time in three weeks I've said blogs instead of vlogs. The I mean, only vlogs blog might be is
0: coming. Vector. Blogs might be coming back now. Vector's out. out, yeah. Well, Also,
1: I'm doing uh, daily Stardom Five Star Grand Prix audio updates. If you're a Stardom fan, you want to check that out. I haven't done today's yet. I'm going to have to do that after this episode, which is exciting. I'm looking forward to that. Um, Next week, we got a good idea. I don't think I'm going to say it yet just in case uh, it doesn't come together. But uh, (laughs) there will be an episode that comes out on Monday, I promise you, and light. And if you're a a member, uh, make sure you go to our Discord and chat with us. Uh, We got three tiers. You can subscribe at the $5 tier, the middle tier. You get every piece of audio we do and every piece of audio we've ever done. So uh, it's a great value. So that's patreon.com slash everything elite. Next week on Dynamite, we don't know what day it's going to be. Let's, we'll talk about the card, and then we'll talk about what day it might happen. Um, FTR versus Jurassic Express, parking lot fight, best friends versus Santana and Ortiz. The NWA Women's Championship will be on the line. Thunder Rosa defending against Eva Lee. There was some reporting today that Thunder Rosa is on a date by date deal. So that's interesting. I think of where that where that could go.
2: Yeah, yeah great to see her back. She's uh, you know only only delivered high level matches in this promotion so far. So
1: that's right. Uh, Chris Jericho and Jake Hager are going to take on Private Party. So they're really diving into you know that tag team being a thing. MJF will be in action, and Hangman Page
0: will face Frankie Kazarian. That's a uh, did that kind of that that did get announced on TV? Page versus yeah. Kazarian. That's a uh, interesting, interesting. Yeah. Uh, All right.
1: So next week, here's the so what we had, were told is there would be an hour on Wednesday after NBA, and then the normal two hour show on Thursday. Right. Now we don't kind of know what day it's going to be based on the NBA schedule and. uh, Cubs fan, I know you're listening. You fucked up, buddy. (laughs) I tweeted that this all came down to whether the Lakers uh, series went to game seven. I tweet that. Cubs fan responds and he's like, "Uh, bullshit. I've really looked into this. That game was supposed to be on ESPN. So it really comes down to whether that ends earlier. And then there's a Western Conference finals game that's supposed to be on Wednesday. Well, maybe it's just that TNT doesn't want to go against the the NBA Lakers Game 7, on even if it's on ESPN, but it does come down to whether that goes to a Game 7. So if it ends before that, uh, AEW will be on Wednesday. But the one-hour special thing is still going to exist. It's going right. to air on the other night, and it's something that they're taping. Apparently, it's already taped, I guess, today uh, on, on Thursday as we're recording. So
0: you're going to get three hours of AW this week. We just don't know which night will be Dynamite. Well, the the one other thing that makes this even more confusing is here are the two options. If the series ends in six games, it'll be normal Wednesday night Dynamite, and then the one-hour show is going to be next Tuesday. Oh, okay. Tuesday, I got that second. mixed up. And then, as you said, the plan, if it goes to seven, is the uh, pre-established one hour after game seven, and then two hours on Thursday night.
2: Can't believe you called Cubs fan out like that after they went on AEW this week and beat the Lucha Brothers and the Hybrid, too. It's not not a good week from him and for him. And you're just piling on.
1: Well, you know when you come into my mentions to tell me I'm wrong, uh, and then I defer to you. You know I respect Cubs fan. I was like, okay, Cubs fan probably knows what's going on. <laughs> Cubs fan on.
2: very very near the skeptic end of the uh, spectrum.
1: Absolutely, I respect Cubs fan. So I was like, okay, Cubs fan. I deleted my tweet and retweeted his reply, so that all my followers would would know that I was wrong and Cubs fan was right. Well, I was not wrong, Mister Cubs fan. I was not wrong. You were wrong.
2: I wasn't asking you to pile on him more. I was saying have a little,
0: <laughs> have a little uh, sympathy. Show some decorum.
1: <laughs> I love Cubs fan, of course. One of our, uh, one of our most devoted listeners, I would say. Sometimes Cubs fan posts about a little thing that we say on the show that I nobody else talks about.
2: Yeah, but now so now when he hasn't done that in a while, I think, oh, did he stop listening? There was a period <laughs> oh, there where true. he was where he was reliably uh tweeting something I said out of context on his account, <laughs> like <laughs> like clockwork. And I was like, oh, stop being amused by me talking about redefining masculinity or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yep.
0: I, I, I mean, if we're gonna talk about like great moments like Adam talking about romance being the most important trope. I, I think redefining masculinity is one of the top ones. So he he was right about that.
1: All right. So, you know, that's also going to determine when we're going to have our, our episode next week, of course. You know, if Dynamite's not until Thursday, then we won't be able to record uh, till Friday, probably. So we'll see. They also announced that the Mox versus Archer match is going to happen on October 14. Yeah. Uh, so that means there will be another world title picture that they'll have to build between that. And what is it? November
0: 3rd. I think it's November 3rd or this 10th, but it's supposed to be no, it's, it's before the
1: election. I'm pretty sure.
0: Oh, it is before the election. Okay. Uh, it is supposed to be on the anniversary edition versus the other anniversary edition they had earlier this year of the press conference. Was it the, wasn't it the first show on like October 2nd? Yeah.
2: Okay. don't remember, uh, but I do think it's neat to do an anniversary edition of your TV show and use that as a, Reason to do a world title match on television. That's just cool. Make things special if you have a genuine reason to make them special.
1: So, for the here's my idea for their anniversary show, they should do two different buildings with two <laughs> different sets of fans, <laughs> but one of them should cost a lot more than the other and, and be a like, smaller
2: building. And, smaller and nothing building. should happen at
0: that. Venue? Yeah.
1: And then don't do anything in the more expensive, <laughs> uh, more historic building. That's yeah. just, just an idea off the top of my head
0: sounds fantastic let's go find a a high school gym in jacksonville do it uh just checked uh full gear is november 9th
1: damn so it's after the election so that means it could be it could be a really bad week
0: well it's gonna be a bad week either way let's be honest just gonna be making my bath and maybe sitting out on the porch (laughs) (laughs) week-long
2: bath for mike
1: (laughs) and i'm taking up drugs
0: maybe so we'll see all right, make sure you follow us
1: on Twitter at everythingAEW. I'm at Aaron Like the Car. Nate is at Epitasis. Mike is at Fuji. Hey uh, Subscribe to the podcast. Give us a five star rating. Give us a review on the Apple Podcast app. And please go check out patreon.com slash everything elite. Uh for Mike for Nate, I'm Aaron. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Goodbye. No. I can't-